because the beginning part is always the most awkward. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting into it. Getting into it, and I always feel tense. <laughs> so I have to like give myself a couple seconds before actually starting. This is Unspoken Secret. Hello, my name is Bradley. <laughs> if you didn't know that. Do I need to introduce myself? Yeah, let's start with... Uh, my name is my name's Chris. I... <laughs> This is kind of awkward, but well, yeah. Super uncomfy. Me and Brad have been roommates for mm-hmm. a little more than a year now, right? Yeah, over a year. So, yeah, we've we've had some <laughs> interesting experiences together. One of which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We share the same hairbrush, same toothbrush. Uh, first one, not the second one, <laughs> and that's because I don't have. Yeah, well, I that you're aware of. Oh. But. I, I thought well, I'd tell you that. No. Okay, we'll talk about this off the air. Yeah. Also, also I have lice, so you should know that. Just so basically, about. we just had we had this experience. I'm I'm gonna move past this because yeah, <laughs> otherwise we're just gonna end up bragging on me the entire time, which not isn't exactly great for Chris's self esteem. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But basically, we had this experience over the summer. Um, I was kind of removed from it, and so it was interesting, kind of like observing it from the outside I was mm-hmm. actually out of the country I think it could be summed up in the phrase the difference between romanticness and a creepiness <laughs> is attractiveness true that's kind of like the yeah. bottom line of what the we're difference, talking about the difference between someone being romantic and someone being creepy is how attracted you are to them and that can be a problem because a lot of interesting people and good people are not that attractive. It's true. I don't have any experience with that, but I've heard. <laughs> that it's I have really a lot hard. of experience with that. I'm a great person. That's why I brought Chris here Flashback to talk to about when this. Our roommate last semester introduced all of our roommates who were the pulpit and said, "There's more to Chris than meets the eye." Oh, that, that, was, that right. was his introduction for me. Everyone That's else was like, so "We call funny. Brian Handsome Ryan," you know. There's kind of like to rock climb, and Chris. There's more to him than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah, there, it's you just gotta get past what he looks like, and then he's a really great person. That's that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true, so I can see why you've been told that. Um, this so, is our relationship. <laughs> no, I really just hate him. <laughs> so, just some background: we have this friend group. That's how it was. And <laughs> descriptive. It's very descriptive. So, main characters in this story: there's me, Chris. Who's with us? And oh. then Anne, Sue, and Seth. Okay? So, I was just chilling at my house this one day, and I got this text from Anne, and she said, Hey, I um, am planning this stargazing trip um, with my friend Sue and one of my other friends who's visiting from out of town um, named Seth. Do you want to come with us? And at first I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. And then I got a little more information and started to become more skeptical because found out that this was going to be an overnight thing, that it was just going to be the four of us, and that Seth was someone that they had met on a mission um, previously. Um, And they hadn't seen him since being on the mission. Um, so that part wasn't 
so weird, their relationship. But what I thought was weird was they hadn't initially invited me. They were just planning on going, the three of them, up to up to go stargazing and just chilling in the back of this truck all night. Um, and to me, that was a little uncomfy, but I... It's basically a sleepover. Yeah. And I... Where I, nobody's around. Yeah, and I thought that was weird. Just, I don't know. I mean, that's just me. I'm nothing against that. But, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. So I texted Chris, actually, and told him what was going on. I was like, do you think I should go? Um, and I told him that he probably should. I mean... He did. You kind of have, like, I think you're having a rough day or something like that. I was. That. It wasn't a very good day. So. I, told, I told him that, like, if he's not having a good day, then, you know, it would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good yeah, to be... get some socialization. <laughs> yes, that turned out very, very well. As you'll yeah, it find out. backfired on us. But anyway, so I decided to go. I also kind of felt, I mean, I am intuitively a mother, so I felt like I needed to protect Sue and Anne <laughs> from anything that could go wrong because I had never met Seth, didn't know who he was, and not that I didn't trust him or them, I just wanted to be a little bit of a chaperone for them. I'm very protective. So I decided to go. And we drive up to this canyon park. Um, and they had this nice memory pad all laid out, all these blankets. Um, I had brought all of my pillow pets, <laughs> all six of them. Actually, no, I only had three at the time. Um yeah, so there was one person who didn't get one. Sorry. Um, and we were just, like, ready to go. But the truck was a lot smaller than I anticipated. Um, usually trucks are a little wider, I feel. This mm-hmm. one was pretty small. And so right off the bat, I could tell we were going to be very close to one another. <laughs> we going to be a very bonding. This thing. is going to be one of those great bonfire experiences, but without the fire. Um, so then – that was really loud. Sorry. <laughs> so then um we just started talking and um enjoying the stars and it was such a nice evening um but seth started making comments and suggestions for topics that i wasn't fully comfortable with um i mean we're all teenagers young adults whatever and so it's not like a huge deal but he started talking about more sexual things and romantic things um asking questions on preferences and previous experiences and things like that that really were not quite appropriate, I felt. Um, And nothing against these three people, Sue, Anne, and Seth, um, because I'm sure they had a great relationship. I mean, they clearly did. But from my perspective, it looked like they were extremely close when the last time that they had really seen each other was in a mission setting. So I thought that was unusual to me. Um, I feel like I'm going to be talking a lot. (laughs) Well, it happened to you. It did. (laughs) You'll get into this story once we get into your part. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. So then I start getting a little frustrated um, because I've always felt a little left out in these kinds of conversations because I feel like I can't relate. And I just don't quite enjoy that type of conversation, I guess. And it wasn't completely, like, explicit or anything like that. It was just a little strange to be so sudden and so in-depth for a friend group that I felt wasn't that close, but I guess was. Um, And 
Seth was making comments about his love language and how he um, enjoyed physical contact and made the sly comment or suggestion that someone should play with his hair or rub his back or something. And me, being the petty person that I am, (laughs) wanting to kind of show how I was feeling to him, I offered. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll play with your hair, Seth. I love playing with hair. Um, and he's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> that That's fine. I, I, actually, I changed my mind. <laughs> he's like, man, I could really go for a good back rub. And I was like, I'll, I'll rub your back. I don't mind. And he's like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm like, okay. I mean, back rub's a back rub. Meanwhile, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Sue and Anne, and they immediately are just kind of baffled by the comments that I'm making. Um because I was being so forward, I guess, um, and didn't realize that I was being petty, thought I was kind of being serious and trying to be, like, handsy or whatever with this Seth guy. I don't know. It was really frustrating to me because the conversations kept going and everyone was talking about what they like about kissing and making out and dating and all this stuff that, I have no experience with. And so I kind of felt left out of the conversation. Um, And we're close quarters, so I'm already feeling, like, close to everyone. And I was cuddling with everyone because I don't discriminate. Um, I'll cuddle with most anyone. Um, Cuddle puddles are the best. But at one point he did ask um, (laughs) Sue if she wanted to weave. (laughs) To weave. (laughs) To weave. And I, I, maybe I'm just out of the loop no, on no, Urban Dictionary <laughs> things. But apparently weaving is when you cuddle, but your legs intertwine. I don't know about you. That sounds very sexual. At least intimate, that, okay. if not sexual. Yeah. Um, and she agreed. And I was like, you know what? This, I'm not judging. This is fine. Like, honestly, looking back, I have a little more anxiety and frustration. In the moment, I wasn't really bothered by any of this Hmm. um i was just like you know this is fine it wasn't until afterwards that i realized wait a second (laughs) honestly it wasn't until afterwards that it all went down true um so things like that were going on all night long and i wanted to participate i guess so i was very cuddly with everyone playing with everyone's hair not just seth's even though he rejected me (laughs) (laughs) I'm not bitter. Nope. <laughs> um, so then the next morning, we finally fell asleep. It was a long night. Um, go our separate ways. And I messaged Chris about all that happened and occurred. And I was like, hey, so this went down. Like, what are your thoughts? This is kind of weird. I can't remember what you said, but you were just like, okay, whatever. Um just kind of acknowledge, like, well, at least you went. I had a good time, something like that. Because um, nothing really had happened quite yet. But then I got a message from Anne. And she said to me, hey, I think you should talk to Sue. She's kind of upset with you. I was like, okay. Um, and she also said, I'm not necessarily upset, but I'm also confused as to your behavior last night as well. And I kind of want an explanation from you. Um, so I messaged both of them and talked to them for a little bit and found out that they, particularly Sue, um, 
but a little bit of both. They both felt that I was being inappropriate, that I was um, being too forward with Seth, and that I was trying to essentially like attack him or take advantage of him in some way. Um, and they were making the claim that he was their friend and that I didn't really know them, so why are you acting that way? Um, why can't you control yourself? Things like that. Ugh. And I, I texted Chris about this. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. What did I do wrong? I mean, I recognize that maybe I could have like gone too far or been a little bit inappropriate, but regardless the way that they were responding kind of hurt me um, and they were upset um, and at the same time I think they both had messaged you as well neither of them had actually no not yet it wasn't it wasn't until uh, Sue Sue reached out to um, that one guy oh yeah and talked to him about this evening that you guys had and this guy like this guy's already expressed uh, lack of support for Brad. Let's mm. just say that. Yeah. And so she reaches out to this guy who has no history of really supporting Brad or caring for Brad in any meaningful way and tells him about her perspective about what happened. And, like, that guy then reaches out to me and talks to me about, like, like Brad's behavior, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. And he quotes Sue and saying that his behavior was uncomfortable and disgusting. And yeah. I I saw I heard this and I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Cuz I I'd already heard Brad's side of the story mm -hmm. and so then I texted Sue. So I I was the one who kind of initiated that conversation. That's right, that's right. And I said, "Why would you reach out to this this guy who hasn't shown any support for Brad?" And, like, complain about him. Like, why would you do that? And then she got so defensive so fast. Hmm. But basically, it kind of boiled down to the way I saw it was there were four people in the back of a truck late at night. Everyone knows the spirit goes to bed at midnight. Everybody knows that. It's true. Right? So it's late at night. Everyone's tired. They're talking about very intimate things, and everybody else is incredibly cuddly and physically affectionate, even though they're just friends, apparently. Mm -hmm. like, that's that was like all of our personalities. We were all just very affectionate people. Mm -hmm. And they were so hypocritical because, I don't want to say like satisfying their urges, but they were kind of just like letting themselves like be led along by like and getting like physical satisfaction even mm -hmm. if it wasn't necessarily like sexual strictly mm -hmm. speaking like it it was very physically intimate and then they look at you and expect you not to have, express any of that yeah and that, or get any of that yeah mm -hmm. and like why is it like why was it not okay for you to express any of that but for Seth it's totally okay for him to bring up weaving and all these other very specific things. Hair about pulling. Hair pulling. Biting. Biting? biting? Yeah. Th Are you those, kidding me? <laughs> those were both mentioned. Hair pulling and biting. And, like, these two girls, you know, Sue Donim and Anne <laughs> Anonymous, they just, they, they had no problem with it. But then Brad 
ever so ever so slightly like gives in to his like natural inclinations yeah is that fair to say yeah yeah and they they get super triggered about it mm-hmm. um and nothing said about Seth nope about what he was talking about what he was doing nope but because i wasn't socially allowed to do that however that may be or because i wasn't attractive enough i don't know no um, the type of kid this seth is is he's the type of kid who takes his shirt off on hikes mm. and loves pictures during these Both types of hikes true. or even if it's not a hike and you're just kind of outside and it's warm shirts off shirt comes off and somehow the girls didn't see any problem with like that. just th- this Seth as a whole and his his behavior his actions some of which I feel were decently inappropriate and again no judgment there because it was late and we mm-hmm. are young adults and all young adults Things are horny to one extent like, or another <laughs> yeah my I don't really have a problem I mean there's standards but I don't really have a problem with what goes down and what had happened what bothered me is just I felt really attacked and discriminated against because of a double standard yep that's what bothered me Mm-hmm. And even if I was being completely inappropriate, there still was that double standard, and I felt really judged for doing something that I didn't do, but that I was being accused of doing. Um, and even if I did do that, why are you there to call me out on it? And I don't know, in a very negative, condescending way. Yeah. It was like someone has a difficult time with a problem, like, both Sue and Anne were aware. Uh, like, Brad had come out to them, mm-hmm. like, a week before. Literally, like, a few days. A like, few it days was before. And they had, they had expressed, like, a lot of support and, like, you know, friendship and stuff. And literally, like, all the weeks leading up to this, they're like, we're going to be friends. Like, we're just the best of friends. <laughs> and then as soon as this happens, it just kind of, like, flips. flips. And, like, you, you make what is in their eyes a mistake. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's accusing and attacking and offensive because they feel like you're like either you're wrong or no. They feel like they feel like Seth being attacked is wrong. They, mm-hmm. they feel like Seth being questioned, Seth's appropriateness being questioned, is wrong and offensive because we don't know him. Mm-hmm. But then they know you. And they're not just questioning, they're, like, outright accusing. And complaining to other people. Yeah. About it. And it caused a lot of problems in our friend group. <laughs> um, skip to the end, we're no longer friends. <laughs> yep, no. I mean, it's I sad. I actually saw them at Pizza Pie Cafe the other, oh, like, really? a couple of weeks ago. They were just, like, I just went in to go, like, read a book and relax and eat pizza for hours because... That's what you do at Pizza Pie Cafe. I mean, what else are you going to do except for meet up with old friends and reminisce about how you made some guy's life miserable over the summer, <laughs> which is probably what Sue and Anne were talking about. <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah, our, the entire friend group is, like, in shatters now. Um, and I don't have any angst against it. Like, I have recovered. It was really difficult going through it. Um, but I'm, like, fine. I've, like, forgiven. Um, but I do think it is a good topic and good thing to talk about. 
because there is a huge double standard, um, especially when it comes to appearance. Um, I know, Chris, you wanted to talk about um, how you feel, especially here, mm. that a lot of people aren't interested in even becoming friends with someone because they're not attractive. Yeah. Yeah. But they're only interested in pursuing a romantic relationship. And mm. platonic relationships are just a nuisance. Yeah. Basically, so I think sometimes people overemphasize the, um, the badness of, like, physical attraction being the, a really high priority. Some people are like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't base, like, everything off physical looks. And I'm, I think that for a dating or a romantic relationship, of course, attraction has to be very important. It is essential. But you need to be attracted to them. The problem is that, that isn't being, attracted, being attractive isn't just a requirement to pursue a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Being attractive has become a requirement to pursue any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you see a person and you have, you know, in your mind or you have in your life this, you must be this attractive to ride sign. <laughs> and... Um, Just very promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> you must be um, this attractive to ride. And if someone walks through, someone walks through your life and they're not up to standard, immediately, on first first glimpse, then you put up barriers. You say, sorry, you, like, you're, you don't, you, I don't want you in my life, mm-hmm. basically. So they don't say that directly, but with ghosting or just kind of the... <laughs> oh, I have Why are you talking to me about ghosting. <laughs> Maybe we could talk about that for a little bit. But, yeah, it, it is really sad because there are so many amazing people out there, but if you aren't even willing to get to know someone because they look not how you would like them to or they have weird quirks or weird behaviors whatever it may be there's a huge double standard where if someone is trying to give you a kind gesture whether it is whether it has romantic intent or not Mm -hmm. um can be seen as really sweet and friendly um, if they're attractive enough or it can be seen as stalkerish creepy a little too much um, when we're all just trying our best, <laughs> we just want to make friends. I mean, there are people who want romantic relationships, and so there definitely is like creepers out there. Well, like take for example, just like the super ex- like blatant example of sliding into the DMs. Okay, take take somebody like who has a bunch of pictures of their abs their abs and they're super they're super ripped and they're super attractive and they have a bunch of followers on instagram and they slide into a girl's dms she's gonna like giggle and maybe maybe be like maybe be like Mm. like oh he looks like he's kind of a tool but be like "Mm." but yeah she would entertain it yeah at least i feel like a large percent of the population would Mm -hmm. and then take the reverse (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) take the reverse have someone who is a little bit weirder or socially awkward and they they message somebody on social media out of the blue and it's like oh my gosh like this guy is stalking me Mm -hmm. this guy is he's probably looked at all my pictures he's probably like obsessed with me Mm -hmm. so creepy right yeah oh my gosh yeah really and something that is really sad is people who are uh generally less attractive according to most people um, 
because they've received that cold shoulder so often, that's part of the reason why they are so persistent. Yep. Because they keep getting turned down over and over and over, and they know that they just have to work a little bit harder, and they might not have the best social skills or uh, coping mechanisms or communication because they've never really been able to experience that because people keep turning them down, and they don't give them the opportunity to even be friends with them. I mean, that's where a relationship should ideally start is a friendship. Uh, a healthy relationship. Yeah, In most healthy. cases, starts with that. Mm-hmm. And we've talked also about, like, the psychological phenomenon of seeing somebody's face repeatedly. The more you see their face, the more attractive they are to you. It's so true. But it's, like, it's not just, like, oh, that's totally, like, I've seen a person, like, ten times and they're more mm-hmm. attractive than the first time. No, it's, like, like it's a human fact. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even take into doesn't even take into consideration when you get to know somebody and their personality is amazing and all mm-hmm. of a sudden like y- you find yourself just physically attracted to everything they do as part of their personality mm-hmm. personality can be physically attractive i don't think pe- mm-hmm. enough people realize that and so when you have this this the standard and somebody who you just meet you just see doesn't come up to that standard you're not taking into, into account the time to get to know them and how attractive mm-hmm. they really can be yeah that's why I have such a hard time with online dating. Mm. I mean, it does work, and it's it a worked. great thing. It does work, but um, it is a huge advantage that we have nowadays to be able to connect with people that we would have never met before. Um, but it's difficult trying to not judge someone by their looks <laughs> when you're getting to know someone because online dating is solely based on looks. No one ever reads the bio. No if one looks at. St- things that are not interesting <laughs> to look at. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're on there, to get some eye candy. Yeah, really. Eye candy equals porn, just telling you. Well, yeah. It's a euphemism <laughs> for porn. We're not even we're not even talking about like the the differences and the the kind of hypocrisy that exists in this culture about the law of, the law of chastity and what mm. is actually moral and what is actually immoral mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more complicated than you think it is, okay, people? Yeah, I remember when this whole thing was going down, me and Brad had this rage conversation together. Oh, it was so good. Probably one of my favorite text conversations of my life. It was it was very satisfying. It was very mm. satisfying. And it, w- it was probably like a half hour of like basically instant messaging. Oh, I messaging timed it. It was at least 25 minutes. Of like instant messaging, mm-hmm. if any of you Just remember what back that and is. Forth. <laughs> yeah. It was nonstop. Chris was constantly just texting me about all these things that he was just fired up about and I was making sly comments that I don't even know if he read (laughs) because he was just pumping them out like crazy. Uh, But it was so satisfying. Um, I don't know if you want to share some of the thoughts, but... You know, we we can. I I have actually the pictures just right here. Just some of, like, the highlights of that because it was so satisfying. There's, like... Oh my gosh! I was very, very angry. He was. <laughs> I loved it. A lot of it was very like I used. It was very hyperbole. I used a lot of hyperbole to kind of get my point across. Mm-hmm. So like, um, talking about how girls avoid uncomfortable situation, like the uncomfortable situation of having someone unattractive being attracted to them, how uncomfortable mm-hmm. that is. But the entire time they're willing to do anything for a hot guy who will look in their direction. Yeah, really. And 
all the while they're they're just screaming and shouting all i want is a righteous priesthood holder that's what's most important to me i don't care what he looks like it's what matters on the inside that counts it's like well you're kind of <laughs> i mean yeah <sighs> they yeah. proceed immediately to like permanently like judge and segregate every guy they see into would or wouldn't date categories yeah so i don't know like why waste time talking to somebody who i don't want to marry yeah it's sad and i think it might not be a conscious thing but it's definitely a subconscious thing that we do i'm guilty of that i mean maybe not to the same extent because i don't date at all (laughs) (laughs) um but getting to know someone just that initial approach if they're more attractive you just want to get to know them better whereas if they're not you just don't and kind of put them on the side and think oh i don't need that or i don't want that um and it's just heartbreaking to me yeah how how are you going to go through life with only relationships with people you're attracted to if you can't make friends with people you're not attracted to or being attracted to somebody is your basis for becoming friends or having a purpose to get to know somebody, what happens when you get married? Are you just, you're only going to be friends with your spouse for the rest of your life? Either that or you're going to have some other inappropriate relationships with other people that you're attracted to because that's the only person people you've learned to talk to. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, your spouse is very important, but it's not the only person in your life. <laughs> And it's extremely unhealthy to be closed off to all other relationships, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 really frustrating when, mm-hmm. like, I remember when I first got off my mission, and I was I was probably the freshest like return missionary that has ever been, mm. and I literally like skipped into Provo, <laughs> singing a song about how I was going to be friends with everybody. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I went to, I remember going to like Ward Prayer and like smiling and talking to people. Literally every single conversation I had, I felt like I, I left with a bad taste in my mouth because mm-hmm. they were almost visibly not wanting to talk to me. And this was, it wasn't just girls, it was guys too. Mm-hmm. And like for the listeners who are too trusting of Brad, I am actually, I'm engaged and my <laughs> fiance is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's a good one. And so that was mean. I don't know why I said that. That is mean. What the heck? <laughs> well, I meant debatable because I have no attraction. But not <laughs> not debatable as in she's not. She is very pretty. Yes, Brad. I don't know why. I just like arguing with you. Yeah, That's you like, literally yeah, the contradiction. One time, Chris was like, "You argue with everything I say." And I'm like, "No, I don't." <laughs> Sorry. Continue. That was true me. story. True story. I'm I'm gonna but accept that ju- you didn't. Mean that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I don't judge her by her looks. That's that's, that's the good. Point of this yeah, podcast. Brad is the exemplar for everything. So that is true. Basically, what I'm trying to say is like I'm not ugly. <laughs> okay, like I definitely I'm definitely marrying up, but I'm not. Ugly. That I can agree with. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, at this you know ward prayer i'm trying to make friends and talk to people and all i get is like cold shoulders and people like looking at like literally like giving me the up and down and practically turning their shoulder right there like it was very very like blatant 
that I wasn't worth their time because I, w- I wasn't somebody that they wanted to yeah. date. That's, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, yeah, for me, as a gay man who uh, has no interest in forming any romantic relationships, um, it's very discouraging feeling like no one wants to form any kind of relationship with me. And if I do form a relationship with them, that it will end because they'll get married and I am no longer part of their life. It's happened to me quite a bit. Um, so just don't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's really hard to not focus on romantic relationships. Like, so understand that. But just encourage you to be aware of those people who want lasting platonic relationships with you. And those can be important too. Yeah. Well, let's look at let's look at the converse, just real quick, the opposite, the other side. Like, I also totally understand that the system is rigged against nice girls. And I, I, right now we're like we're focusing on girls because that's kind of what was brought up. Or mm-hmm. this is just an example too. Like all these things can be generalized to some extent or another. Mm-hmm. But nice girls if they're nice to guys get all these guys thinking that they're interested thinking that the girl's interested in them mm-hmm. right and so then that girl has to deal with these uncomfortable situations of of telling them that like, that they're not interested right and it's it's not like if she's a nice girl she's not like oh like why are they attracted to me this is like so stupid but, and, like, the guys think that the girl is leading them on because she is a genuinely nice person. Mm-hmm. And so the nice girls only get punished for being nice or get punished very, very often for being nice. And so they, they're they naturally conditioned into not being nice. like be smiling and being kind and laughing and joking with the people they meet because they're worried that it'll cause pain for that person mm-hmm. if they think if they mistaken if they mistake this kindness for attraction and also they don't want the discomfort of having caused someone pain or the discomfort of having this awkward situation so the system is definitely rigged to the point where it is very difficult to form platonic relationships partially because guys are so like stupid guys are ridiculous all they want is a girlfriend Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm not in that category. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just the approach to that. I think, again, there's nothing wrong with that fact. There's nothing wrong with desiring strong emotional connection. connection. But the problem is when that takes over every part of your life. When you can't mm-hmm. have a conversation with a girl without thinking like yeah I'd date her or no I wouldn't date her yeah that's depressing um yeah let's go back to the ghosting thing because I do have some words (laughs) (laughs) um I am 100% against ghosting all the time um I don't think it is ever appropriate I think it is totally appropriate to go your separate ways and to not talk again if the relationship doesn't work out but if you ghost someone, that just shows that you have a lack of communication skills 
and you are clearly not ready for a relationship at all because you can't express your true feelings and you can't be authentic. It is extremely painful to tell someone, hey, I'm not interested, or especially after you've met with them Mm -hmm. um, and had um, some connection. Um, It's really difficult, but you are the scum of the earth (laughs) if you (laughs) go someone because it hurts. I don't have experience with it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is all just very, you know. I've just heard. I have friends. Um, You need to learn how to communicate difficult things to people because no one deserves to just be left hanging. We are all being vulnerable, and that is the worst thing you can do is to leave someone to dry. That just cuts them and makes them feel less of a person. And what does that say about you? For doing that to them. So if you have ghosted someone, I highly encourage you to reach out to them, explain why you did, apologize, that would and be then impressive. get back to me about what happened, because I want to know. <laughs> um, and then get on with your lives, because uh, I am so against ghosting. I think it is the worst. And for the record, girls, I don't think I've ever talked to a dude, ever. And also, just so you know, dudes usually only talk about dating Really, really small talk or hobbies. That's, like, all they talk about, to be honest. Brad's different because Brad has emotions. But, <laughs> like, so I've talked to lots of guys. I have had so many hot tub conversations where guys are just, like, pouring out their frustrations about dating. I've never once heard a guy say, I'm so glad she ghosted me. Or, like, I'm glad she didn't tell me that she wasn't interested. It's always... If she's not interested, why didn't she just tell me? Why did she have to just ghost? Why did she, like, things were going really well, and all of a sudden, they weren't going at all. Mm -hmm. What changed? I deserve to know. That is emotional abuse to do that to someone. Yeah. So, congratulations, you just became an abuser. (laughs) I will call people out. I am so adamant about this. I think it is so wrong to ghost someone. I have never heard of a good scenario to ghost someone. It just shows you're weak and pathetic. <laughs> the one time that you can cut off communications if, is if you've had a straight up conversation with them and they don't take the hint. Mm-hmm. If you or, have like, explained... It's not even a, it, no, you can't say they didn't take the hint because if you're hinting at something, you're not being open about it. No, if, if they, you have communicated and they are still... You can block people. That is okay. I, have a, I am okay with that because that does happen. Um... But if you have expressed your views, your opinions, your feelings, your thoughts, and made it clear that you are not interested, then it is now in their ballpark and you are free to leave the, the conversation and the relationship. But it is not okay for you to just leave it with the doors wide open. So mad. <laughs> this is what we call a hate gasm, Brad. <laughs> yeah. It's when you just go off and you just can't. Oh, I t- I hate gasm so hard right now. <laughs> Uh, tell me your hate gasms. <laughs> I want to hear them. Mine? Uh, just listeners. Oh, Yours okay. too. I was like, I was like, uh. Yours too. Um. So yeah, I think that was most of the points that I wanted to make. Um, shared our story, experiences, um, and honestly, I don't know how to really change it, change that perspective and that way of thinking, except for just talking about it. Um. Because it is just an innate thing. It's a social thing that we are conditioned to do. Um, So it's not necessarily anyone's fault. 
I'm not talking about ghosting. Ghosting is your fault. Um, <laughs> judging someone by their appearance. That is not your fault because that is something that just naturally happens. Um, and we categorize and discriminate people. That is totally normal. Um, there's a lot of minority groups that are stereotyped. And yeah, that might be wrong, but there isn't really much you can do about it. There's a reason those are there and why your brain thinks that way. What's important is how you then deal with them. Yeah, being aware of it. Like, mm-hmm. tr- like, I guarantee for people listening, within the next week, they will see something that relates to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They'll have an interaction with somebody and their gut instinct will be to shy away from the interaction because they're not attractive or to suddenly be intrigued yeah by the conversation or because e- they are attractive or even see somebody like try to interact with somebody and see that person give mm-hmm. them a cold shoulder it happens True. all the time i do i do it but like not because i'm not like attracted to, no because i'm engaged and so i don't <laughs> want to like it's it's complicated i don't feel it's the difficult. need to talk to anybody but mm-hmm. like but maybe you're part of the problem. I am part of the problem. I'm part of the problem, but not as much as most people. I'm pretty good with most things. No, I feel Brad, Brad's friendly. <laughs> uh, once you actually like get to know Brad, he's friendly. Although living with him for three months and him not saying more than like five I have at a, a time. huge wall. At first, yeah, you were just the like first, the silent like, kid who just slept all the time. Yeah, the first, I mean, I still do. Yeah. The first three months, though, I don't think I talked to you at all. This podcast is definitely outside of my comfort zone and personality, I guess. Now that I've started it, I think it's become a lot easier for me to open up, like, in person. But I definitely have a huge wall. And once you break it down, then you realize I'm, like, this soft little child that just needs love. <laughs> That's all See, I Brad's am. See, Brad's very self-aware. Brad is I am very so self-aware. self-aware of myself. And recognize my faults and try to change them. And I never ghost people, so there's plus yeah that's gold medal right there yeah so already i'm better than all of you who ghost people doesn't matter what i've done as long as i don't ghost (sighs) still flustered it's fine this is so funny just like like when a girl sees someone that's attractive they're just like he really cares about me i can't help but love him he's so sensitive and righteous and really funny how dare you assume this guy doesn't respect me? You think he's using me for my body to assuage his horniness? Impossible. He cares for me and we're going to get married. <laughs> then then he can touch me and it won't be against the commandments. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's when we talked about like the law of chastity being more than just outside of marriage. but Even within marriage. Yeah. You still need to ask consent. You still need to like... It's about respect for... I talked about this. In my, one of my other podcasts, uh, how chastity is respect. It should be like the law of respect. Because everything that breaks the law of chastity is really just showing disrespect for either another person or the act of sex itself or the purpose of it. It's all just about respect. And there's, there's too much. There's just a lack of respect that's mm-hmm. brought, around, brought about, I think, from not talking about it. Brad, Brad is currently in a healthy sexuality class, and I recently just got a book called And They Were Not Ashamed, which very frankly discusses a lot of things about sex. And mm-hmm. honestly, I had no idea. I had no idea about, like, so many things. And maybe that's because mm-hmm. I'm innocent. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. it just completely destroys any of, like, the, like, disrespectful... Like, it's so hard to disrespect, like... 
that intimacy and that relationship and Mm -hmm. having that special relationship with somebody it's so much more than just like they're attractive Mm -hmm. it should be and can be and needs to be so much more and Mm -hmm. there's it just seems so often that people are only in a relationship and can overlook so many character character flaws and so many red flags in the relationship because they're attracted to somebody Mm-hmm. yeah whereas there are many times where and guys you're going to say a big amen to this but hmm. where there's a girl and you're dating them and then they say there's nothing wrong with you I just I'm just not feeling it anymore or something like that and you know it's just because you're not as physically attractive as they want their future spouse to be mm-hmm. they're just like you're a great guy there's nothing wrong with you and like I want to like you, but I you don't. You have a great personality. Yeah. And let me guess, you have a great personality. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I like that point that you made that um, talking about sex or not talking about sex is kind of disrespectful to sex in and of itself, mm-hmm. um, which I think is very true. Obviously, there are differing levels of um, development in people that you don't talk intimately or exclusively about things um but at least for most people listening to this podcast we're all adults and we should be talking about it more frequently and more often because by not doing that we're kind of shunning it and putting it in the dark and that is very disrespectful to it the only the only ways that our generation as a whole grew up the only ways we had that we have to learn about like Sex. sexual relationships is porn, jokes. Hollywood, jokes. Mm-hmm. Can you think of like anything else? Like sex education is so surface level. They literally tell you this thing goes here. And some people apparently don't even understand that. Some people think <laughs> it goes in the belly button. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> Not me. Not me. I know how it works. Um, <laughs> and he's gay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I understand how sex works more than straight people. It doesn't make sense. I'm not even interested in it. Um, <laughs> well, that's that, that's the thing. You have respect for it because I'm genuinely you're, you're, interested. You're not like you don't have these like embarrassments or yeah, like concerns about. It's not embarrassing because it's not like something that you have like this crazy heat for like mm-hmm. to experience. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, when you do have that heat to experience it, the best way to, like, calm that is through exposure. I mean, not, like, <laughs> <laughs> going So, message of the podcast today. <laughs> Just sleep around. <laughs> no, but, like, talking about it more gets you more comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. Like, they're, like... There are, there's little anatomy that people don't know. There's little anatomy of girls that guys and girls are not aware of. And there's actual, like, just the difference between men and women in that side of life is so, mm-hmm. so stark. And, and it can cause serious emotional, physical issues. Yeah. Oh, just like, just like. Health problems. True. If you don't understand how it works. Right. And it's just people need to be aware of the sanctity of it 
but we also need to move away from sync like that means you don't talk about it. It's, and obviously that's it's more of like an in home role. It's not secret. It's yeah. sacred. Yeah. And like mainly that's in the home. And so hopefully mm-hmm. like none of you go and t- ask your parents about how exactly it works at this point because that might just be a little bit awkward. I mean, if you need I, to. Maybe not <laughs> how it works, but like if you can develop that relationship with your parents, I think that's a great way because if you are worried about being aroused talking about those things, highly doubt you're going to be aroused talking to your parents <laughs> that would <laughs> about be t- these That things. would be difficult. <laughs> um, which is bizarre that parents feel uncomfortable talking to their kids about it because they don't want them to like be thinking about it and to be aroused. But you have to understand they're probably the least aroused when mom and dad are talking about it. <laughs> Food for thought. Yeah. It's <sighs> understanding dispels... Ignorance. Well, by definition, yes. I was trying to go for something deeper, but that definitely works too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, that turned into a sex talk. Yeah. That's birds and the bees with Brad and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Just get more exposure, man. <laughs> if you want to learn more about sex. If you want to not be aroused anymore, just get more exposure. That is what, <laughs> that is why we have addiction. It's <laughs> because you, by definition, stop getting aroused as much and need more and more. That is why we have addiction. Good job, Brad. Anyway, psychological phenomenon. When I first met Chris, I've never hated him. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I never. Okay, that sounded wrong. What else was I saying?